I want to begin by apologizing, because I'm Canadian and that's what we do, for the lack of unsweetened iced tea. Oh. I'm so sorry. It's been terrible. I'm I, such an iced tea addict. Right. And I guzzle it down every right. single day in large quantities. Yes. So it's been a struggle. Did you find any? No. Oh my god. Just sweetened iced tea and I mean, like, some Star iced coffee. Starbucks will have it. I, do, I looked at one and they didn't. No. Oh man. I'm so sorry. I, I'm going to keep looking at it. All right. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. I'm Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You're listening to the first Dispatch of Wicked Little Town. My audio postcards for TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. I believe this is the 43rd annual Toronto International Film Festival. Happening until September 16th in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. We're at the Fox and Fiddle around the corner from the Bell Lightbox, and I'm sitting down with a wonderful guest who I've only really known as a Twitter avatar, uh, mostly talking about classic film. This is not how I'm used to interacting with you. Like, this is all, none of this is pre-code. What are you doing here? No, well, I'm venturing into new movies. Clearly. I, yeah. It's all in color. I know, it's you know, very it's weird. Yeah. Um, the writer, proprietor, and all-around badass babe who owns Out of the Past and Kel Movie. Raquel Stetcher is here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Much better than I am, for sure. <laughs> um, it's, uh, as I said, it's day three. You've been going harder at this than I have. Um, I'm, I'm trying to pace myself. Tomorrow is going to be the long day. Uh, tomorrow I've got three movies on tap of the possible third, which probably still sounds like amateur hour to you. How many movies have you seen so far? So I'm trying to aim for four a day. Okay. Um, on the first day, I actually only saw three. Then the second day, I saw four. And today, I actually went pretty easy, and I went to a rally, which took up some time. Yes. And then only saw two movies. Okay. And you and you dropped one. You were going to see one tonight. Yes. Like we're going to have to shuffle you off after this show. Yes. But uh, I, I I decided to take the time off just to do some writing this is good. and to work on some social media. Yeah, and and to, and to sleep and to eat. And to sleep and to eat. Those are important things. They say one of the little um, quirks of tip is as soon as you drop. A, a screening that's when you've arrived yeah. you know we all approach it the first time thinking I can do this I'm going to do four I'm going to do five stack them all up like dominoes the way we go and eventually like I want to go I, I want to I be in a bed I want to be at a, at a table so and well I've done. had some festival experience before with the TCM Classic Film Festival right. so I know my stamina okay and that is a very tough festival to get through in terms of like not eating and not sleeping and so drinking I like know fish. You guys look like you're really partying hard. Yes. From from, from the distance. Every time I'm watching TCM Festival, I'm like, when you think of people who are into classic film, you don't exactly think of party animals. I think of like cardigan sweaters, fedoras. Well, it's like what they say about the librarians. Librarians party hard. Same with classic movie fans. Is that a thing they say? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Are you a librarian? No. Oh. <laughs> but I know librarians. Okay. Um, how has your week been going? It's been great. This is your um, first festival. It's my first your festival. Your first Toronto National Film Festival. My first time in Toronto, my first time at the festival. It's a little overwhelming. Actually, that's an understatement. It's very overwhelming. Because <laughs> I'm, um, I, since I've had festival experience before, this is very different. Is, but like the number of screenings, the number of movies, how things work. I'm still getting used to that, but it's been a lot of fun, and um, I've just, I've just been so jazzed to be here that I've had more stamina 
than I thought I would. Okay, you're running on adrenaline. Yes. Like, come, you're, you're leaving Tuesday morning? Yes. You are. I hope you're not sharing the drive, because you're going to be a mess. I'll be asleep with my husband. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you need to, like, nudge you at the border. Um, I kind of want to start, actually, with the rally that you talked to. Now, I feel terrible because I didn't go. Um, I was sleeping. Um, but the, so the impetus of TIFF this year, leading into the festival, has been this um, movement they're talking about called Share for Journey, with um, an emphasis on female storytellers. And that's been front and center with the festival on the whole, but led to this uh, public rally that happened on John Street this afternoon. Um, tell people about what it was, what was going on, what was said, how it was, if you don't mind. So I wish I had I seen there the whole time, but okay. I see there through just a small portion. So what I saw, basically there was um, some live music and then people started to gather and um, there was a panel of guests and the first panelist was Gina Davis, right. who had a really wonderful, very motivating speech about um, how um, she saw so few female protagonists in, in the movies, in the variety of movies, especially for her children that she wanted films And she's talking set. about like now? Now. Okay. And she had this great motto that she shared with everybody. It says, um, no more missed opportunities. Oh, she wow. said that things could change now, um, but people have to realize what the issue is and to do something about it. And it's in, um, the hesitance to do that that's holding people back. Right. So I really love that model of hers, no missed opportunity. I like that. And there were a lot of people out there, they were handing out buttons. I'm wearing one now that says, I stand with women in film. Oh, okay. They're handing out t-shirts. So it was great. It was a little chilly out. So yes. I Welcome to Toronto to Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear any of the other speakers? No, I didn't have a chance. But I did get to hear, um, there was a musical performance at the beginning, which was wonderful. So um, I need to ask, as, as, a, as a declared feminist myself, were there a lot of boys in the crowd? Actually, Gina Davis actually um, mentioned this when, during her speech, is that it was half and half. Really? There's a lot of men there good. supporting, okay. so that was really motivating. Wow, yeah. that's good to see, that's and good to hear. And there was a strong female presence, women with um, shirts with feminist messages on them, and signs, and everyone was really, really into it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have, we'll, there'll be pictures to go with this post, um, because we know that our friend Vanessa Patino is especially listening. So there'll be a picture of us for sure. I'm going to get a picture of your button. Of course. Um, <laughs> did you take any pictures at the rally? Yes, I okay, did. Okay, so I'm going to get some yes. of those for you so people can see what was happening. Um, you've been, you've seen like a dozen movies already. Has anything stood out already for you? So, um, it's, it's funny because, uh, I mean, I consider myself a film critic. But I'm very picky you about... You are a film critic. You don't consider you are a film critic. <laughs> the thing critic. is, I'm not as harsh on films as some critics are. I mean, okay. some critics really tear apart a film. Yeah. I Pretty much everything I've watched so far, I've enjoyed on some level. Some I've enjoyed more so than others. But, um, for example, I watched Colette yesterday. Okay. And that was my number one pick of the festival and it was as good as I hoped it would be. Oh good. I just so thoroughly enjoyed that and then rivaling that is Assassination Nation and I'm not a horror movie person. Okay. But I I'm from Massachusetts <laughs> and the whole Salem Witch Trials hook got me it's like I gotta watch this. So tell so, people what these two movies are about because oh, sure. the thing about the festival is that we're we're seeing a lot of stuff 
early and we're seeing stuff that people have kind of only heard in name. Yes. So uh, Colette, what's Colette? So Colette stars uh, Kira Knightley and Dominic West. Okay. And it's uh, directed by Wa uh, Wash Westmoreland. I'm not really familiar with his work as no, much. No, me neither. But it's about um, Colette, the French novelist. And Kira Knightley plays her and it's a, it's a, it, it follows a few years in her life when she's married to um, Willie, who was a famous, um, that was a pen name for a famous French novelist, and um, she wrote the Claudine novels, but he put his name on it. Oh, okay. So, okay. it's about their relationship, it's quite a toxic relationship, it's about her finding her agency and her empowerment to own her voice. It's about gender dynamics and gender roles. It's, it's, about, it's got a lot going on. This it's movie. got so much going on. I mean, it taught it, it, it explores like sexuality and like it's got an LGBT angle and um, all in a, like a period piece, basically, all in a right? Period piece. That's and fantastic. it was very true to like late Victorian, early Edwardian France. Yeah. Like the period detail was great. It had a really great female empowerment feminist message but it's all based on a true story you know what you're kind of reminding me of is it feels like I, maybe I'm out on a limb here but it feels like a lot of the period films have kind of taken a turn in the last 10-15 years it's like before it was all just very pretty yes. and very based on these stories and true to these stories and now we're getting storytellers that are realizing there was more going on at the time that, des that, that deserves exploration right. and they're telling these very, still very pretty um, stories in a much grimier, much more tactile way, right. and making them much more applicable to modern day life. Yes. Have you been noticing that kind of thing? Like, I think oh, of, yes. I think of like. Notice it with Jane Austen adaptations? Or uh, did you see Lady Macbeth last year? Oh, I have no. Okay, but like that kind of movie or right. the more recent Withering Heights? Yes. That kind of thing. It's, yes. it's, they're much, they're grimier now. You know, you watch a lot of the classic. Uh, adaptations of like if you think of like a 1940s adaptation of Colette it would still be effective but we're digging a little deeper now oh yeah you know yeah so that's cool um, I'm gonna go with one of mine before we come sure. back to uh, yours so we we're talking you know we we're saying like critics savage film sometimes yeah. <laughs> I try to be positive especially during a festival because a lot of these movies really need to push um, but on the show I can talk about one that actually disappointed me um, I saw a movie last night called Out of Blue by Carol Morley, starring Patricia Clarkson. And I didn't write about it because my MO during a festival is, if a film disappoints me and I just don't think it's any good, I'm not going to write about it. The, the, the best thing I can do for that movie is just not talk about it. Um, and especially a film like that that's not going to make a whole lot of money anyway. You know, it, does, it doesn't really need me telling people, don't spend your Friday night on Out of Blue. Out of Blue on paper seemed like it was going to be a great idea because it's this pop procedural starring Patricia Clarkson who is badass. Like, people, if you haven't watched Sharp Objects, my god. Um, <laughs> and Raquel is nodding. Um, but it was very cold, felt very CSI-like, and not in a good way. And it was a kind of mystery where the mystery was basically solved inside of 30 minutes you know we're all saying this person is clearly who killed the you know the, the, the victim so I feel sad because it was it was a film I was really looking forward to 
It's in Platform, which is a program, it's TIPS competition program, which they introduced a few years ago. And that's supposed to kind of be where they got a lot of their best stuff. So it was weird. I felt let down. Um, yeah, Morley is a Morley is a British filmmaker, and she was telling the story's all set in New Orleans. And I don't know if you've noticed this about your country, but there's a lot of communities within your country where if it's a person telling the story from some of these communities that's from there, it's a little bit more not ac accurate for lack of a better word, but a Brit telling a New Orleans story doesn't feel right. So it's uh, that was kind of my early like I've, I've seen three movies already one of them was a clunker I'm like no so that was that, that's, that's kind of the thing I always try to tell people like yeah you're at a festival they're not us they're still not all winners so I, I hope I hope you weren't seeing that one no okay, that good. wasn't on my list I didn't scare that one away from you um, and then, sorry, what was the Massachusetts one that you said you saw? Oh, so it was Assassination Nation. Actually, it was in Massachusetts. That was kind of a disappointment, but I'll uh, get to that. What was that one? So, um, it's directed by Sam Levinson, and it's basically a modern take on the Salem witch trials. Okay. It takes place in a Salem. And I was hoping it was Salem, Massachusetts, but it's just a Salem. A uh, Salem, okay. So, it's basically, instead of, you know, witches, it's social media. And, um... It's basically, it follows these four girls, specifically one girl played by Odessa Young. And um, the town is um, basically overtaken by hacking, social media hacking. Wow. It starts with the, the mayor who's hacked. And then all these revelations come out about um, members of the town. And then people start to turn against each other. And then they start to turn on these four girls because they think, the character that Odessa Young plays is responsible behind it. So it kind of starts to culminate to that point. And it's not, it, on the surface, it's like a fun Halloween movie that you can see if you like scary movies. It, the, there's like some fun typography and some great cinematography, great lighting. Thank you. That's me. Oh, oh, no. And then I have, going to share into our podcast that our waitress just gender normed our order. She got, she, we, we brought a salad and a rice paella and she was ready to give the salad to Raquel. Oh, what is going on? Darn. Come on, you know? Um, so, and, and on the surface, it's like a fun, very visually stimulating, yeah. kind of badass, scary movie. Okay. But it's got all these amazing like social messages about toxic masculinity about sexualization of you know young teenage women it's got this great kind of female empowerment message as the girls have to overcome what they're going through one of the actresses um, Harry Neff who was stand out in the film she plays a transgender teen, and okay. she is a transgender actress. Gotcha. Okay, so and that that, that's a big thing right now, right? That's a big thing, and also, I love how they incorporated that into the story. Okay. So that was really interesting. It touches on a lot of social, social messages about public shaming, mob mentality, and almost like how the Salem witch trials could happen today. I mean, this film is kind of outrageous well, and surreal. Well, they do, really, right? Like, yeah. that, that's, that's where we've arrived at in the social media age is we are sometimes rightly, but wrongly as well, pillaring people just based on rumor and assumption. And, and by the time, sometimes by the time they catch up with it, 
the trial is at. You know, um, no, that sounds amazing. Assassination Nation. That, did, did they say that's like coming out or? It's coming out the twenty first of September. Okay. So very soon okay. we'll be able to watch it. Good. Good. And there's lots of teaser trailers online. Okay. They got some great social media for it. I was so excited for that, but I was worried that it wouldn't deliver, and it just. I just enjoyed it. Mm. It was really good. Um, the one that I just came out of was... I'm ha Okay, so I am having a good week. Like, I've seen three screenings so far, plus a whole bunch of shorts, which are all amazing. Um, and the one, that I, the one that I just came out of is a movie called Twin Flower. It's got an Italian name that I'm not going to botch. Uh, it's directed by Laura Lucchetti, who has been off the grid for quite some time. She's like her last feature was eight years ago and this is a story about um for lack of a better phrasing it's about two refugees uh it's it's a it's a young man and a young woman they're like very early 20s like these are kids um who are moving across the italian countryside um quite obviously like trying to make their way and running from something and it's this very very timely story because the whole wide world now is consumed with animosity and intolerance towards refugees. And nobody seems to care what their story is, like what they're running from or why. And so in comes Lucchetti telling the story of this girl who's gotta be, like if she's 23, I'm pushing. And a, boy who's, again, maybe 24, 25, he might even be 20, and he's from Sierra Leone, she's Italian now, but she came from Ukraine, so, she, you know, like, she's been adopted into Ukraine, and it's them, like, they're, they happen to be on the same road at the same time. Um, this movie is empathetic, it's gorgeous, like, the whole movie, it's very sensory, like, there's a lot of scenes that the soundtrack is really taking over there's not a lot of line she was saying something like it's a 90 minute movie that's got about 11 minutes of dialogue yeah um, it's a gorgeous film and it, it's it really moved me um, and, and it's like it's already it's like one of my standouts of the week it's gonna be kind of hard to talk was that I, saw, I saw a clip of that when I was studying the list of films and it looked really good it didn't end up making my cut but I bookmarked it because I was like I need to watch this movie it mm -hmm. sounds very interesting mm -hmm. absolutely um, Luch it's kind of funny because Lucchetti she talked about uh, the fact that we were the first audience to see it today as the baptism of this movie um, I mean she's Italian she's Catholic um, it was it was beautiful because there is actually a lot of water imagery in this movie so I'm like oh I'm like baptism is kind of all over this movie um, and it was, it was a gorgeous it, was, it wasn't a big House. It's the kind of thing I like finding at TIFF. I've been over the years. I've, I've you know I've certainly seen a lot of the bigger productions like the Oscar bait kind of movies that come through. But I, I these are the ones that'll stick with me. I will remember being in that rather smallish house seeing this movie. Um, it was a standout for sure. Your um, your actual experience of this week. Have you mostly been with the press crowd at the Scotiabank, or have you been moving around? How's that been working for you? So I didn't quite realize exactly what I should be doing. I wasn't sure if I should be going to more uh, press and industry screenings, 
for some more public screenings. And for me, I was able to get up to 10 public screenings, and I should have used all of them. Unfortunately, I only picked four. Wow. It was my mistake. I didn't realize that all the fun Q&As and introductions happened at the public screenings. Right, right. So um, I did go to a public screening today, which was great. So that We should point out here fit. that Raquel did not reach out to me and ask for oh, help. Oh, I know. It's because totally Because you don't my believe fault. in that. Totally it's not your fault. fault. <laughs> you just gotta ask for help. That's all I'm saying. I know. I know. I'm very stubborn when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because I don't want to. I don't want to sound like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing. But I actually don't know what I'm doing because it's my first festival. <laughs> um, so that's been interesting. So I've been going to a lot of press and industry screenings, which probably has something to do with the fact that I got into everything I wanted to see. Right. But. I really also want to see the introductions and the Q&As, so um, I'm looking forward. I have a couple more public screenings to go to. Everything is great. Thank you so much. So that, that was that was a, a learning curve, just <laughs> learning the balance between like press and, um, and public screenings. And I'm going to try to get into a couple press conferences, Ooh. so wish me luck. I hope wow, okay. out. <laughs> we'll look for those pictures for sure. Um, are you talking to people? Like, are you making friends while you're here? I met a couple of... Um, I met a couple of um, film critics, online film critics. It was also their first time here. Oh. So... Um, you guys should all get, like, pins, like, first-timers club. <laughs> exactly. And I've been talking to some of the... Just people in line... Um, I met you today, that's been good, and then also I've been talking to volunteers as well. They're super passionate about yeah. movies, yeah. and I'd like to also overhear some of the conversations that people are having about what they thought about the movie, what they're excited about, depending on if we're going into the theater or leaving it. Um, <laughs> and it's just been so wonderful hearing such insightful thoughts from people about those the people who go to this festival no movies. It's, and it's really refreshing. It, it, it's a crazy thing because we're, you know, you're going back home on Tuesday. I'm going to be sticking with this for the rest of the week. It's it's a really kind of hard shift to get back into normal film going culture when this is done. You're like, you'll sit down and you're like, oh, is there a, is there a volunteer that I could like say hi to? Are there people I could talk It's, oh, no, no, we're just going to watch the movie. Uh, all right. Um, I guess... Are you? You didn't really get a chance to grab onto any of the um, cinema tech showings that they're going to be doing. Like they showed Persona today. They're showing Chocolat tomorrow. You're all over the classic stuff. You couldn't get that into the schedule. No, I really wanted to. So I made some criteria for myself um, because the list was just so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. and there were things like the the Ingrid Bergman um, documentary sounded really interesting. Yeah. Um, one classic film tie-in that I will say is I wanted to watch Star is Born, and I watched the three previous Star is Borns before. Oh, I know. I follow your Twitter. I saw <laughs> And I watched the pre-code, well, Price Hollywood, which is a similar story. So that's my one classic movie tie-in. But I really wanted to focus, um, when I was curating my list, I wanted to focus about uh, stories about women, especially with women directors. Um, I wanted some good LGBT stories, some good indie movies. I wanted South American films, too. I really wanted to make sure I got some Spanish language films in there. And anything that I thought had a really good hook that was interesting. Like, the story was like, whoa, how is that going to work? Right. Like, uh, then I put that on my list. I mean, what you're telling me, actually, it's funny because we're talking all the time about how you're a newbie at this festival, and yet 
your whole approach to the schedule that's actually really mature. Um, because it, it's no, it's it's incredible because you're handed this list of like 300 films. It's like, all right, go, and you don't even know where to begin. My my whole approach to the last few years of only focusing on the female directors was because I basically cut my schedule in half. So after several years of seeing 25 to 30, to drop that down to 10 to 15, I'm like, I need a compass here. I need a criteria that I can hang on to, and that was. I'm almost ashamed to say, just the kind of the easiest road to walk. Um, but it's very admirable to do that because uh, I, it's 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 been wonderful. I, I I'm try, I'm really trying not to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but I will say that it's turned this fest into something very different. That's um, great. Speaking of though, where I want to kind of leave this off, and I'm going to apologize because I'm sort of going to fumble this question, but I do want to ask this of all these postcards that I'm sending out into my feed is, as I mentioned off the top of the show, this festival is very much about share her journey and about female storytellers and women in film. Um, has, was there a moment in any of the films that you've seen so far that has stuck out for you? Um, either affected you, impacted you, um, in, in the light of share her journey. So, is it okay if I mention a couple of things? Absolutely, please, please. I was, I gotta apologize because <laughs> I knew that question was so vague and borderline patronizing. No, but thank you. If you got it, good. Yeah. So in Assassination Nation, I had a point in the film where I was about to shake my fist in the air, huh? championing the protagonist. Okay. who was about to turn things around. I don't want to spoil anything, okay. but I'll just go that far. Okay. So that was a wonderful moment. There was the opposite in an Argentine film called The Quietude, okay. um, where male director, two female protagonists, it's about two sisters, um, who um, they, they're going back home because their father had a stroke, and all these family secrets start to um, come out. The male gaze in that film was incredibly heavy-handed. Really? You could really, it was palpable. Oh, man, that's disappointing. You have two Because you described that to me, and I'm thinking... Yes. Oh, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed the film, but you can, it also had some reservations about that, because you have these two wonderful female characters that are the heart and soul of this movie, and then you also have the matriarch, who's also a super interesting character. And the male characters aren't even that interesting, but you could feel the ga the male gaze. Like it was just there. Um, especially how it, how the story evolved in terms of their relationships. So yeah, it's amazing because what you're touching on here is something <laughs> I've kind of wondered about, and I I think I spoke like written about it once or twice. Is there's a lot of talk of female storytellers. And mixed in there, bubbled in there, is something about female photographers. Um, because I do believe, as a photographer, I believe there is such thing as the female gaze. And you can't always articulate it, but you can certainly see it when you get not just a story directed by a female, but also shot. And then it, it even triples down if it's edited. So I think about, for instance, a film I saw from a few years ago, Palo Alto by Gia Coppola. Her DP was female. And a lot of the scenes with Emma Roberts 
going through, you know, all these things that teenage girls go through when they're kind of trying to navigate their way through social circles and whatnot, it felt unique. It felt like something I hadn't seen before. A short that I watched just this morning is called Fuck You. Um, I'm breaking my own rule. I'm swearing on my own podcast. I'm sorry. But it's called, this is what it's called. And it's, it's a Swedish film about a teenage girl <laughs> who buys a sex toy. Okay, she buys, she buys, if you can hear me blushing, you're not imagining things. Um, she buys a strap-on dildo and just slips it on and goes to the boys and says, hey, how's it going? And they're all just, they're like, what the hell is with you? Like, they're looking at her like she's a martyr. And it's a short film, so you can't really spoil things. But at one point, the boy who she's interested in finally interacts with her toy. I think about that scene and how it's shot and how it's cut. And I'm like, this is very different. This is the feminine eye. This is the, the, um, the female gaze in this scene, which goes against like almost anything I'd ever seen and would assume in this kind of story. So that was kind of my experience with what you're talking about in terms of the male gaze and the female gaze. So I have, a, I have a good experience. I have yeah. a good example that actually ties into Tim. Okay. Um, there's two. There's two movies. I believe they were available on Netflix for a while. Okay. Um, they're both stories about lesbian couples. Um, one premiered at TIFF a couple of years ago, called Below Her Mouth. All female crew. Right. Everyone on that movie, from director, producer. Um, just down to every single cast member. That, well, not cast members. There's two boys. Every, There's two boys in the cast. Exactly. Yeah. But all of the crews, all female. Yeah. And then the French film, Who's the Warmest Color? Right. Also a lesbian movie. If you compare even how they depict the burgeoning sexuality of these two separate couples, you notice a difference between the male gaze of the French film and the female gaze of the... Canadian film. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I just, it was very admirable too that with Blow Her Mouth that they went all in and it actually it delayed production because they really wanted to get every single person yeah. on the staff to be female. Right. I thought that was really admirable. And also, I could compare it and see what the difference was. So, with Share Her Journey, you're seeing results, you're yeah. encouraged. That's good. That's, I mean, it's, it's I've, I've been a little hard on Tim this year um, for reasons I'll explain later on in the week. But it's good to hear that, that your first time you're actually seeing them walk the walk or something like this. Is and concerned. I'm seeing the opposite too, which is like yeah. quietude. The, the where... Same old, same old. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, um, that's about it for postcard number one. But uh, first of all, I want to thank Cal for stopping by. Uh, your food looks great, so I'm glad you're going to get to eat more of it. Now that we're done talking. Um, plug your stuff. Tell people where they can find all of your various writings, um, along with TCM Let's Movie, because, geez. So, um, I have a blog, Out of the Past, which is where I write about classic movies, outofthepastblog.com. It's got a Facebook page as well. And I have a new new movie website called Kel Movies, um, kelmovies.com. Um, I have a new Instagram, which is just movie related, which is basically both classic and new movies, called at Movies. And then um, my Twitter handle is where I pretty much live yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I love Twitter. 
And that's just my, my full name, Raquel Stetcher. And there will be links for all of this in the show notes. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, well, there will be lots more tip coverage at matinee.ca slash tip. Um, there's small little pieces on the shorts. There's reaction pieces on the films that I see. Um, and, uh, of course, audio dispatches. You can follow them as the week goes on. Follow me on Twitter where I'm matinee underscore CA or facebook.com slash darkmatinee where there's links for all this stuff. Tip is going on until the 16th. Um, so if you're in town, think about going. There's a lot of tickets for a lot of stuff. It seems daunting, as Raquel can attest, but you kind of learn as you go. Um, and uh, do keep tuned to the podcast feed uh, for more audio content as the week goes along. But for now, for Raquel Stetcher, I'm Ryan McNeil, and from the Fox and Fiddle, we'll see you at the matinee. Oh.